Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Uh, I want you to think back to when you were a teenager. I was wondering, uh, have you ever had, did you ever go through that alien phase, that weird phase as a teenager? You know, that, that phase where um, just certain parts of your body always grew out of proportion. Uh, you know, the nose was always a bit bigger, the hair was a little bit bit greasier and uh, the voice if you're a guy as well do you ever go through that sort of phase where you know, the voice quite didn't do anyone ever go through an alien phase when they were a teenager right it's the sort of phase that looks a bit like this look at this teenager up here <laughs> yeah you know a bit a bit like that a bit a bit like that you know things things weren't quite right and and what are, you know, often when you saw teenagers like this, what do you what do you think when you see the te- teenagers with the big feet and the big hands? Is you'd often say, "Oh, it's okay. They'll they'll grow into it." We see a lovely lady like this, and you think, "Look, in, in good time, she'll come good." <laughs> uh, we heard last week about that fight and that wrestle and the tension that we all have. That the things that we want to do we don't do and the things we are doing we don't want to do in other words this wrestle that we sense our imperfection we sense all of the things that we heard from this passage the fits of rage the jealousy the factionalism and what I want you to get this morning if you didn't get it last week is this that if you are going through that type of wrestle or if you are experiencing those things in your life that does not mean that you are a bad person it means from God's perspective you are merely a spiritual teenager but most importantly that if it is true of a teenager when we see the big feet and the goofy hands and the big nose and we say, oh, they'll grow into it, what it means of you this morning is that that, that, that truth is true for you when it comes to your spirituality. That love and joy and peace and patience, they're all the things that we see here that already exist within you now in its seed form. That it, it, it exists in you now. It, it, it is spiritually chromosomal. It, it is there to be expressed. Now, uh, what do we often say to that? Oh, well, look, you know, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there one day. Or maybe in your Christian life, you think I, I can never get to that point, and we give up, don't we? And yet, the answer that this passage gives us this morning is that is that look, the the, the answer is it's it's not a matter of giving up or or trying harder it's a matter of growing up when are you going to grow up if the fullness of the character of Jesus Christ resides in you now that means you are a person with incredible beauty and not just incredible potential but already incredible life incredible beauty now and so it means first of all Signing off last week, that if you're feeling that tension of that imperfection, it just means you're, you're a dorky teenager. That's okay. I'm talking to a bunch of dorky teenagers here this morning. But you already have God's divine nature in you. And so this is what we're going to look, like, look at this morning. What does living out that potential look like? What does it mean to express that? The first thing we've got to understand is that Christianity is, is not just another, oh, do the best you can and, and, and God will forgive you. That's not Christianity. Uh, what I mean by that is that, is that Jesus said, I, I've come to, that you might have life and life to the full. 
So in other words, Jesus didn't just come to give his life for you, but Jesus came to give his life to you. Hear the difference? So we've been learning when you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit moves in. He's a divine resident. He's a person who then leads you and guides you and wrestles with you. The Spirit is not the force from Star Wars. It is a person, the divine person, the third person of the Trinity living within you and, and giving you this new life, which shows you that before you, we ever were Christians, if you are one, that we never needed a new set of rules. That... <laughs> that that as uh, one writer once said, that, uh, that, that, that Jesus came not to make good people better or bad people good, but dead people alive. He came to give you his life, which resides within you. And so every Christian, if you're a Christian, you've come to this conclusion that the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, if that was left to my own devices, I'd have no hope of doing that on my own. And in fact, some of you might have bailed out of churches because you've had experiences of Christians who haven't got that piece of the puzzle right first. Then you saw it there. Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. They don't get, get it right. Many of us on the other end of the spectrum live our life defeated because we feel that we can't a- attain this. But we're learning that God's provided an answer to this solution because um, walking in the Spirit, as we learned last week, and we heard from this passage, walking in the Spirit means to live a daily life of dependence on Him, moment by moment leading on Him as to the ways in which we should live. And, and we are learning how to do that. And the result of which now, as we come to this morning, is this. We see, as Paul says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, um, I've been waiting to, I've been waiting to give this to you all week because I've I've had a revelation in this passage, and I am reading this passage in such a different way from what I've seen this week from this from this moment here, and it's all down to one letter. One letter makes all the difference that we see in this passage. But but look here, it says, "But the fruit of the spirit is." And then love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, here's the revelation I had. There's no S. There's no S. Have you ever found yourself when you talk about the fruit that you talk about the fruits of the spirit? But look, there's no S. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not there. It's missing. It's, 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 it's if it's been dropped and. And uh, the, the word, the singular word there, karpos, meaning fruit, it's, it's, it's singular. It's, it's one piece of fruit. See that? And whether or not you keep the S means everything. Now, here's, here's what it means. If it's singular, because it's singular and then he lists it. So in other words, like Paul's, Paul's uh, English teacher is going, Paul, <laughs> you didn't seriously write a sentence like this. And what we have to understand is it's very, 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 very deliberate. Paul's trying to show us something here, and it's this. Here's the revelation I've had this week. The fruit of the Spirit all grow together. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, they're all connected. 
They're all connected to one another. Uh, a writer, Jonathan Edwards, talks about them being concatenated. He says, if you want to know whether the, the character growth is happening in your life, if you want to know if there's love in your life that's real and not counterfeit, if you want to know if there's real love and real joy and real peace and real gentleness, then they will be working interconnected with each other. They're all connected. And so it's vital that we understand that this is the fruit not the fruits of the Spirit. And I'll tell you why that's really important in a second. But let's, let's road test this a bit. Like, Look at, for example, here's, here's, here's peace and, and here's humility. And so if you're a very proud person, for example, um, if you're a very proud person, you can have peace. Uh, but it's going to be a, a counterfeit peace because you might say, I'm, 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 happy. I'm happy with life. So long as, if you're a proud person, everything's going my way. <laughs> but what happens if things don't go your way as a proud person? What happens to your peace? It's gone. And so therefore, it wasn't a real and a lasting peace, the peace that God wants you to have. It's a counterfeit peace. In other words, um, peace and humility have to go together if it's going to be the fruit of the Spirit. What is peace? It's a lack of worry. It's a lack of anxiety. Let me show you this. Like, what is, what is anxiety from a biblical perspective? Anxiety from a biblical perspective is pride. Because you're only anxious because you think you know the way that life should go and it's not going the way that you think it should go, right? So what is that at its heart? Pride. And so you, you, you can't have both the pride uh, going together with this counterfeit peace, the real peace, the peace that God brings is a peace that is always concatenated to, attached to biblically, biblical humility at the same time. Is this making sense? So, so this real peace won't pass away if it's also grounded and connected to humility. Here's another one, faithfulness. You know what real faithfulness is? Loyalty plus courage. That's what faithfulness is. And so you have faithfulness over here, and then you have gentleness over here. And so you have loyalty and courage over here, and then you have gentleness over here. Now, you know what gentleness, counterfeit gentleness can look like. It's some of you here in the congregation where you just, you're biologically sweet. <laughs> like you, you, were, you were born with a maple syrup chromosome, you know what I mean? Like there's just a, a sweetness to you about you. It's just, it's just in you, it's grown in you. If you weren't even a Christian, it would be there, it drips off you, it's part of your Myers-Briggsness. You know, it's just, you know those sorts of people in life that are just wonderfully sweet? But have you also met those really gentle people? They're always wonderfully gentle with everyone. In fact, they're only ever gentle with everyone. Like there's no pushback. There's no truth spoken in love. There's no dynamic. It's constantly gentle. What's happening beneath the surface? Could it be that in some of those types of people, they fundamentally love to be loved? And so, and so suddenly when we come across and we look at gentleness like that up against loyalty and courage, what happens when they come into a conversation with a friend that they need to correct or rebuke or to raise something with? You see, they're so afraid of doing that because they love to be loved that there's no loyalty and there's certainly no courage. Can you see how this is working? It's so subtle, isn't it? So if, if it's true gentleness, it's a gentleness that also comes with the loyalty and the courage. And where else do you see it more perfectly expressed than in the life of Jesus Christ? Was Jesus Christ always drippingly sweet? 
Oh, well, one, on one hand, of course he was. He was beautiful. I'm thinking sheep in the hills and, 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 and kids running around him. He's that sort of sweet. But then we have the Jesus, courageous Jesus, flipping tables over in the temple. So see how it, it, you can have a gentleness, but it's a counterfeit gentleness. And, it, and what Edwards, what Paul is fundamentally saying is, here's how you know if you've got the real fruit. They are all are growing together. This, 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 is like, this has blown my mind, at least today. This connection of it is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. And whether or not you keep or drop the S, that is everything. And here's why. If it is the fruits of the Spirit... It's Galatians 5.16 again says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If it is the fruits of the Spirit, here's what you do with that passage. You turn it into a list. Bullet point it. <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. And so what happens is when you keep the S, what you say is, I'm pretty good at that one. I'm working on that one. <laughs> that one's a write-off. <laughs> And so as a result, at best, you say, I'm going to work on this. At worst, you say, forget that one. I'm never going to achieve that one. And so as a result, what also happens if you're a, you, know, you want to be a good Christian, you want to do the right thing, what happens with that list now is that if you keep the S and you make it a list, then you start doing what I call MacGyvering your heart. Okay, You start MacGyvering your heart. If you... If you didn't know MacGyver, you need to go to YouTube as a prerequisite again of Christianity 101 in Northside and go and watch this episode of MacGyver. But for those who've yet to be through the course, um, you can come at 4.30 to Christianity Explained and I'll cover it then. But um, MacGyver was a guy who was able, just with a pocket knife, to save the world. You know, like he would disassemble a, 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 a Scud missile or he would somehow know how to pick himself out of the way of a broken mine shaft just as it was about to explode. Anyone seen MacGyver back in the 80s? Yeah, okay. See? Preaching to the converted, Adrian. Yeah, see. So here's what happens. If you treat this thing as a list, you start MacGyvering your heart. In other words, you start to duct tape love and joy and peace and self-control to the outside of your life. And you're saying, I don't do that. No, here's how you do that. You hear this and you've come to church and you're reminded, ah, yeah, that's right, the fruits of the Spirit. So you've kept the S. And as a result, you say, you know, today I'm going to be a joyful person. There is a joy, 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 joy deep in my heart. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Or you, you, run, you run outside and the, the kids are going crazy. And I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. <laughs> you see, we do, you're duct taping the fruits because you're treating them like fruits of your heart rather than seeing them as one whole. So if they are the fruit, one, singular, of the Spirit, then it has to mean this, that they are sourced in one thing. They don't come from a range of different things. They are sourced in one thing, and it means if they're sourced in one thing, the fruit of the Spirit is sourced in the Spirit of God. And why that is so vitally important for you to understand this morning 
is this, that if it is sourced in God, then as we learn to walk in the Spirit, then we come to understand that the love that we're feeling or the love that we are expressing in this fruit is not a love that is of the world. That the joy that we're feeling is an expression of joy that is not a joy that is sourced in the world. That the peace that we're feeling is a peace that is not sourced in the joy, the peace of the world. And why that is wonderful news for you is because if it is sourced in the Spirit of God, then it means when bad circumstances come, when things hit you, when relationships end, when happiness is over, this fruit does not disappear. Because they're not grounded in that stuff, but they are sourced in the Spirit of God. And so it means for you this morning, here's how you pick whether or not you've got counterfeit fruit. Maybe some of you are going through this this morning. That someone's stolen your peace. That something's happened this week. Someone said something. A boss has done something. A life situation has hit you. And you say, Sam, I'm sitting here and my peace is gone. How do I go and find that again? The first question I have for you, was it a real peace or is it a counterfeit peace? Because the first way that you know that it's a counterfeit peace is if something of the world can strip it from you as easily as, as it was here last week, but it's gone today. If that peace is gone, then there's every potential that it was a counterfeit peace. So you look at it and you say, okay, there's an opportunity to go, maybe I didn't have real peace in the first place. What was that peace grounded in? So the source of all of these things then is sourced in God. So some things to point out then, if it's fruit, singular, if it's fruit. Um, notice how in the passages that we've been through the last two weeks, uh, Paul talks uh, earlier on about the, uh, the deeds, the works. The works of the flesh are pretty obvious. Immorality, factionalism, selfish ambition, dissension. The, the works of the, the flesh are obvious, but then you have the fruit of the Spirit is this. So very interesting contrast. Something is mechanical and then the fruit is organic. And so what it shows us first and foremost is this, this is an organic growth and some char- characteristics of all gra- organic growth of this fruit. The first one is this. This is for all the writer downers. Um, first of all, you see that, that if, you are, if you are growing in the fruit of the Spirit, the first thing it's going to be is gradual. Painstakingly gradual. Mind-numbingly Gradual. Ship travelling across the ocean, gradual. It's gradual. Botanic growth, you never, you never really see botanic growth happen. You just sort of stare at the kitchen window and it's a certain season and then three months later it looks like the tree's growing some lemons and three months later they're yellow. Ever noticed that? It's, it's gradual. When you look at a young boy or a girl, you sort of don't see them growing right there, there and then. You know, you go off to the old rally bash and everyone gets together and, oh my goodness, you've grown. Oh, look, look, you were here, you were here. <laughs> Or like our little Zach last night, and we put his winter pyjamas on from last year, and they almost went up to his knees. (laughs) We didn't see that. We noticed that. So so first of all, it's very, very gradual, which means for you Sydney siders, if you want to know you're growing in the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have to be very patient. But then also, the way that you know that you're growing is you're going to have to get some people into your life that when they get with you and you put your sort of spiritual pyjama pants on, they're able to say to you in a wonderful way, oh my goodness, look how much you've grown. 
And how else do you do that? But in connect group and in community and in life together. So it's very gradual. And, and by the way, look, things can happen quickly. We see people all the time. There can be very quick fruit. There can be quick growth. Uh, but on the other end of the spectrum too, there can be the sort of growth that is painstakingly painful in wintertime. There are times in winter where, you, where it feels like nothing's happening, happening at all. Some of you might be feeling like that this morning. Nothing's happening in my life. But even through winter, there is still growth. It's just very, very gradual. Here's the other one, though. It's internal. The growth of the Spirit is internal. There's a difference between mechanical growth, MacGyvering, external compliance, and organic growth from the inside out. There's a big difference between the two. It's like, it's like throwing bricks on a pile. That pile is growing as you heap bricks on top of the thing. Um, it's certainly growing. It's growing in its size and its number, but it's not growing in its complexity and its nuance. It's not growing like a child. It's not growing like an adult. It's not growing organically. It's, and so what you should be seeing is this sort of growth where you're growing in complexity. You laugh harder. You cry deeper. The Bible stands out to you more. You see the world differently. The complexity, nuance. You're finding more humility in your life. Uh, you're changing. And so it's this, this internal growth that's happening. Uh, 1 Corinthians is, is classic around this. And it's so funny because it's the, it's the nice sweet passage that we always love to preach at, at weddings. But, but it says, uh, you know, I might be consumed by the fire but if I have not love then I am nothing and what he's saying consumed by the fire means ministry it means acts of good service you might be doing amazing things for God but if you have not love then you are nothing now what Paul was also saying in that passage is that he's looking at the Corinthians and he's saying you're doing good things this is mechanical growth this is outward expression of deeds but you're harsh you're rude you're condescending you're spiritually superior you don't love people that's mechanical growth. He's saying people's lives are being changed by you, but you're not being changed. And so here's how you know, again, if it's counterfeit fruit. If you are changing lots of people's lives, but you're not being changed, that's not fruit of the Spirit. That's fruit of their spirit. But it's not the fruit of the Spirit. So are you being changed on the inside out? Are you changing and that's the question for us this morning. We're free to live in this reality. All of us are a bunch of dorky teenagers. <laughs> and we have moments in our lives, our spiritual lives, and our voices crackle. <laughs> and we, we have these little blips. And we know that we don't live... The way that we should live according to God. But the truth is, what he was saying there in this passage is that the yoke, the control of the sinful nature has been broken in your life. And you are free from that. In other words, you are not controlled by this anymore. The greatest news this morning is you have a choice to grow up. There's no more beautiful and wonderful choice to grow up. And so you're asking, well, what is my part in all of this? How does this work? If God's changing me, if the Spirit's changing me, how does this work? Here it is here, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we've been saved by the Spirit, then let's live according to the Spirit. If you keep the S in the fruits of the Spirit, then you will constantly uh, be living the la a life of lots of knots. 
You will think of lots of knots. You will look at the passage before, the desires of the flesh, immorality, um, factions, dissension, rage, and you will walk out of this building thinking about a life of that Christianity is just a bunch of lots of knots. I better not do this. I better not do that. I better not do this. better not do that. <laughs> but it's saying if you are saved by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. What it means simply is <laughs> just, just dance with the one who brung you. Right? Dancing with the one who brought you to the dead. He saved you. So it's your job just to follow his lead and just to stick with him. And what is wonderful about this is it's easy. Hear me? It's tricky. It's easy in the sense that you have a choice this morning of pursuing lots of a multitude of knots or this single one thing. That's all I'm going to do this week is to learn to dance in step with the one who brought me to the dance. And if we do that, his promise is this growth will be inevitable. And there have been plenty of amazing characters throughout history. People who had no interest in God who have come good. People who were fleeing from God who have changed the world. Through the same power that resides within you and I, if we call ourselves Christian this morning. Dance with the one who brung you. (laughs) And if you're going to commit to something, commit to that one thing. That it's not about discipline, although it's important, but primarily it's about dependence. That it's not about commitment and willpower, but it's tapping into the empowerment of the Spirit. That it's not about what you can do, but what He can do through you. And so, like, I love, I love the way that uh, Kurt, Kurt Thompson, remember a guest speaker that we had here last year, said, think of it this way. Imagine that you wake up tomorrow morning, and as you wake up all groggy, and you pull the blankets back, and you just open your eyes at that point when the light's coming through the blinds, and, and you rub the sleep from your eyes, and the minute you open your eyes, there's this face in front of you. That's the Holy Spirit. And it's sort of breathing on you, the way that a three-year-old does when they want breakfast. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit, here's the thing, the Holy Spirit is desperate to get to work with you. And they're breathing on you saying, come on, come on Sam, we've got work to do today. And I want to grow you and there's stuff for us to do. And God has things planned for you. Come on, come on, come on, follow my lead. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Do you wake up each morning with that reality in your heart? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that exciting? That's what he wants to do through you, to turn you into a person of Taylor Swift-esque beauty in the spiritual realm. (laughs) Where the character and the deeds of Jesus just naturally flow from who you are. So you're going to have some homework this week. Here it is. Get ready to write it down. You're going to pray this prayer. You're going to pray this prayer a couple of times a week. For the next couple of weeks. And let's go, it's going to go like this. Today, Lord, I'm trusting your spirit to produce in me love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Lord, I'm trusting your spirit to produce in me. Lord, I can't produce that on my own. I'm trusting you to empower me. What would happen if we rehearsed this two to three times a week for the next 10 weeks? Can you, imag- can you imagine 
what this place would look like? Can you imagine in, 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 the context of, in, the, in the context of every sermon that I preach from now until December, you, you heard that, you read that, we received that in that context? In the context of, yeah, nice sermon, Sam, that's really good, a nice point from God, but you know what, there's no way I can do that, but I can only do it through him. Lord, do it through him, do it through me. But, but most importantly, what if, no matter whether you're 13 or you're 83, we were a people that are committed to not giving up on this dream and this ideal, that we were a people who haven't signed off, that we would be a people who have not reduced this to a list but to a fruit. And instead of crossing out stuff saying, I never will get there, the prayer becomes, Lord, do this in me. <laughs> Produce this in me. What would it look like? That's the Christian life. It's his one simple commander to us all. I think it's a pretty beautiful and a good one. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.